Straight Talk Uncut. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Tellus. Back with another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And this episode is being recorded on July 21st, 2016. And the quote for this episode goes like this. All humans' actions have one or more of these seven causes. Chance, nature, compulsion, habit, reason, passion, and desire. Again, all human actions have one or more of these seven causes. Chance, nature, compulsion, habit, reason, passion, and desire. And that's by Aristotle. So when I was looking when I was looking at that quote, I was thinking about everything that I've done that I do on a daily basis, uh, every all the things that you see in the news, the things that's going on, the, the the happenings around the world, and I was trying to see if I could fit those actions, my actions, and you know, th- like things that you would see and you would, you would question, like what makes someone do that. Um, you know, I, I was trying to see, you know, like how is that is that true? Can you fit anything and everything you do into one of these seven causes? And and I think you can. I, I, I'm pretty much, I, I mean, and when you break it down to that, uh, a simplistic notion of seven causes, it, it, it sort of brings everything to uh, another letter another level of understanding you know if you just leave it open in open-ended and think like why would someone do that then you would think there's all sorts of possibilities something you can never understand but if you had a, a chart with these seven causes and you try to break it down then not only does it bring understanding to actions but you get past them quicker so i'm this is going to be i'm going to i'm going to make i'm going to experiment with this i'm going to use this as a as sort of a a guide like when i get angry you know this is going to make me pause and say okay well why are you angry well what's the reason let's let's look at the chart (laughs) let's take out let's let's look at one of these seven causes and see where it falls and then from there you can start asking questions or if I feel good about something, if something make me happy, like if if there's a project, like matter of fact, like there's a project that I'm working on now, and I I can't even understand why I want to do it other than I, I just want to do it. So now I can like actually I, I don't even know if I want to know why I want to do it. That may that may end it <laughs> once you put too much too much thought into it. But you know, as a gauge, it is something that you can. For those things that bother you, though, you know, you can use these seven causes and sort of make a chart for yourself and engage and see what's really going on and see where it falls. And then you can start asking better questions. So I thought that was interesting that I I don't think I've I've ever heard that. If I have, I've forgotten it, but I don't think I've ever heard it. Um, So the next time you're driving, somebody pisses you off on the road or, or do something that's like it shouldn't bother you but it does like 
I don't I don't know why, but I have a I can't stand when someone crosses or or, or crosses lanes or get in front of me and don't use a signal light. Uh, I'm, you, you know, you know, use their signal, especially when it's big ass trucks. Yesterday, I'm coming home and there was this big fucking dually, just weaving in and out of traffic like he's a a, a, a Passat. No signal light, no no sort of signaling at all, just in and out. And I was just like, what is what the hell is wrong with this guy? I've even seen like big rigs, big tractor trailers do the same thing, just change lanes and, and not even signal. You know how they always have that, you know, how how's my driving with a phone number? I, I never call them. I should call them next time I see that happening. Oh, that's ridiculous. So I should I should go to one of these seven cars and see why that, that annoys me so much. Um, anyway, so what's going on? Um, you know, I was I was looking online today on eBay and uh, just checking prices on to see what digital cameras are selling for. Like what, particularly like you know, I have two K three bodies and I mostly use one. You know, and the thing about digital is if you mess around and hold on to it too long, you can't. The resale value just plummets. You know what I mean? The resale value is, is just just plummets and you can't. But right now, that's, you know, I, I, I go to eBay, I, you know, check, uh, do a search and then I just click on, you know, filter by soul. And they're going for like five, six hundred bucks and more if, you know, if you put in lenses and stuff with it. But if I sell one of my bodies, I just sell it with the um, with just just the body, not not with any lenses. Um, I don't know, it was just something I've, I've been thinking about because, uh, you know, it, last time I used both my bodies was probably last summer. It was probably when I when I actually used, I mean, I take both my bodies all the time as a backup, but the last time I used one, I mean, used both of them, you know, with, do, you know, a lens on each was probably last summer. Um, you know, because I can... I can. I've been looking at these little, these Fuji, uh, these these Fuji or Sony mirrorless, uh, and I wouldn't mind, you know, picking up one of those to shoot with just to see what it's all about. But you know what's funny? When I was like my my first DSLR was a Fuji S2 Pro, and I've told you guys about it. And I remember when I was getting that camera, it was it was like. I mean, it's still like like now. It's it's sort of getting better, but you know, it was at the time it was only Nikon and Canon. Even though like there were other camera makers that like Sigma. I think Sigma had their their camera coming on around that time. Um, I think maybe Sony had that first the Sony Alpha or something like that. But it was like no, no, no respecting photographer would shoot anything but Canon and Nikon. And, and some photographers still sort of hold on to that, but I just remember, I remember when I was getting that, that uh, Fuji, and I, I've always been like, not against the grain on purpose, on purpose, but I've never been the one to, to sort of bandwagon to go with the flow or go with like what, what everybody says. So I was like, you know, I, I couldn't find any reason why not to shoot with that Fuji S2 Pro. 
other than what what the people were saying. All the specs were were there. The the specs were just like now with the with the Pentax K3. The specs are there, and you still you know you will still have people saying that's not a professional camera uh, or, or whatever. Uh, and I, and I've never been like a brand person like just riding the bandwagon of a brand just for just cause of a brand. I've never gave a shit about that. But now these Fuji cameras are all the rage. These these street photographers, they you know like the the it's it's so funny. It's almost like the the people like the few of us that were um, uh, shooting with these Fuji cameras in the beginning were like uh, early adopters of it without even really trying to be. We were just doing it because we, we use our own common sense, our own research and our own, um, you know, go with our own gut, you know, and, and not following some some crowd. And I, I've always been like that. But uh, I was just thinking about it because now I can't get away from news about Fuji cameras. Every time I, I go on my flipboard, or every time I go on uh, my YouTube subscription subscriptions, is somebody talking about hands-on experience with the with the new Fuji? Um, you know, it's just it's just crazy. It's like fully fin finally made it into the big names as far as the cameras. And and the way I looked at it was, I'm like, well, Fuji makes great film, so why wouldn't they be able to make a great camera? You know, when I was when I was, uh, you know, when I decided to shoot with that S2 Pro, um, and you know, I mean, it, it had its faults, but no more than any other, any other camera. No camera is perfect. <laughs> you know, I've never been like trying to look for the perfect camera. I just look for the camera that works for what I'm going to use it for. But yeah, I've, I've been thinking about selling one of the Pentax bodies for a while now, and. Um, because that that was one of the things I regretted when I was shooting with the Fuji because that was my last DSLR really. <laughs> you know, I've shot with like um you know like 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 you know real uh enthusiast level pointing shoes like the Canon the G uh what I had the G10 but yeah, once I got rid of my DSLRs way back First of all, I held on too long. I mean, I shot with that thing for a while because it was still working for me. And um, and I'm not one of these, you know, you upgrade as soon as the new thing come out. But even at that time, the cameras weren't upgrading as quick as they are now. You know, they weren't they weren't upgrading like every six months. You know, you get a new version of a camera. It wasn't like that. So you could hold on to a camera for a while. Uh, but now you can't. You can't really, if if there's even a, a chance that you you want to shoot with something else, or if you got a two bodies, you want to sell one of them, simply because of if you want to get, uh, uh, you know, get a, a good price for them because they just become you know obsolete. Like soon as I got, actually no, I think the K three two came out like right before I decided on the Pentax K3. And then I was deciding on, should I get the K3 two or the K3? And um, and when I saw like the difference and then like like the feature difference, 
I was like, yeah, it's not a big feature difference, but there was a big price difference as far as the price I was seeing them for. And I was able to get a, a kit deal um, on, on, on uh, B&H. Uh, you know, with a with a battery grip and, and everything. So simply because the K32 head came out, and um, and they were doing you know doing a real good deal on on the K3. So I just went with the K3. So I got it at a good price to where you know what I'm seeing. I'm still selling for. It's like it's not that it's not that low for from what I purchased it from. Simply because I I got a good deal. So you know. I just been looking at that like you know if, if I, I need I may need to just go ahead and make a decision and um, and go ahead and, and get rid of one and and, uh, and you know I can use that money towards something else uh, even if it's not even another digital even if it's some more film gear because that that's going to be the hard thing to unless I start you know and I, I don't buy like high level film gear I'm buying you know, I'm buying under fifty dollars. Uh, you know, I'm buying the, the, the film gear. I'm buying is under fifty bucks. Even though there's some there's some like medium format and TLR stuff that I that I uh, may end up getting this. You know, in the in the hundreds. So, um, and that stuff I have a better resale value, like the Mamiya uh, C33 C C330 or the like the Shiko 124G or something like that. Things those those type of um, or even like a Pentax 67. Those cameras have a better resale value over like you know a Yashica Electro 35 or or even like a Canonet Q, QL something like you know those cameras those low level rangefinders. Um, so. You know, just 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 some uh, some thoughts. But the, and the other thing I've been <laughs> needing to finish, I got too many hobbies. Is my uh, my brew rig? I've been I've been tossing back and forth on that. As far as the 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 problem that I'm at now is is actually it's two things. It's the control panel because that's something. Either I'm just gonna have to buckle down and figure out how to do, or I'm gonna have to pay somebody to do it, cause it's gonna be an all-electric uh, setup. And um, and then the other thing is two pumps or one pump. And you know I was looking at pumps last night, and they're about 140 each for like a a chugger, um, a chugger pump, or even like a March pump. I think it's a little bit more, but. I was looking at guys with there's one guy that has a one pump system but in order to get the one pump pump system to work efficiently you have to use like three-way ball valves and after you purchase like if you get stainless steel three-way ball valves you might as well just get a damn pump another pump because those stainless steel ball valves aren't cheap especially if you're getting the three-way and as far as I could tell looking at his system he had he had about three, three, maybe even four, three-way ball valves. And then, you know, with, with some additional connectors and stuff like that. Um, I mean, his, his, his uh, system made sense because he didn't use, you know, he didn't use like all the, all the temperature probes and stuff. I mean, his, his, I, I like his uh, setup 
because it was, it's real simple as, as far as parts. It seems simple as far as parts and it makes sense. But it's but if you're going for a cost type thing, it, it doesn't seem like you saved at that much. You know what I mean? It does. Even if I use two pumps and then then use all the all the electronics um, that that you know you see on some of these other electric brews. Although if I now that I'm thinking about it, his his rig was more of a hybrid. I think he actually had gas for the boil kettle for the boil kettle then he had he was using like a rims tube for um for mash temp in in uh in the hot liquor tank so yeah now that i think about it so and yeah and gas is always cheaper but i mean it's colorado man and if i'm gonna be like brewing in the winter or all year round then electric is the way to go or you just be burning up propane trying to trying to heat um, trying to heat you know heat liquids outside in cold temperature you're just burning through propane um, I mean the, the initial upfront cost and I knew that the initial upfront cost on electrical is, um, is 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 more but it's just more convenient you can you can brew inside your garage with the doors down you know you rig up some sort of vent for the steam and everything to go out but um and for the most part i already know i'm going to have to be brewing in the early early hours or the late late hours you know and that was the other other reason i was thinking about the pumps because for every time i see someone using those pumps man they seem loud like when i when i see it on youtube they seem loud those pumps seem like they got like a little wine, like a high wine noise to them. So that was the other reason why I was thinking of gravity uh, or even just a one pump. But I don't know, man, it's just the two pump system is just so much more convenient, so much more convenient. And um, I, I, I would suspect it would be more efficient as well. So I don't know, man, it, it, I'm going to have to play around with it. I mean, but still, it's like. The, the most simple simple the, the simplest way is is sometimes the best like when i when i see uh what's his name palmer do his videos he you know he's doing it on like a gravity fed he, he was doing this one it was a like a three-tier gravity fed and 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 that guy's um you know he he's like one of the gurus um his book was like the first book I started reading on on homebrew, and it's the, it's the resource I go back to now. Even even though his uh, book was online for free, I bought it because I wanted to be able to like, you know, dog ear pages and, and be able to easily go back to them, go back to like some of the resources instead of having to go to uh, go you know go to my computer or laptop or something like that. But um, so I don't know. I mean, I think it takes longer definitely takes longer on on the gravity system and then it takes up more it, it takes up less ground space but then you have to have a ladder or something so you can reach like the top the top tier Dep well, depending on how you do it um you have to you have to put a ladder get a ladder or some way to reach the topmost tier so 
and then and then on on, on that aspect is <laughs> most of the time when you're brewing beer you're drinking beer and you don't want to be climbing those damn ladders stirring hot liquids <laughs> at least i don't because i'm kind of clumsy anyway so uh but anyway yeah so that, that that's some stuff I'm, I'm working on these this summer I mean, uh, I'm gonna be working on for the rest of the year in addition to, um, but I, you know, as far as camera, as far as photography go, I think I got my lineup done. I, I don't think I'm gonna be buying any more like range finders, you know, just like base level range finders or 35 millimeter cameras uh, because I have about, I have a mix of point and shoot, range finder, viewfinder, and franken cameras <laughs> that i'm going to use i'm going to be using for a project i have three franken cameras well two that's fin that's that works and one pinhole so between the all the cameras i have now i'm i'm, I'm going to be able to shoot multiple different formats and that's what i was going for the only and, and uh the biggest is four by five i have a that franken the, the the land the polaroid land 150 that i converted to a four by five um, you know, I want to get that outside and shoot. So I, I think I'm done as far as acquiring cameras for my project. Now it's about uh, getting the shooting material. Like I want to get a bulk roll, film roll, uh, a bulk film loader and some reloadable cassettes, and then get uh, like a roll of 400 speed, like you know. The Kentmore is what I've been using. Oh, and I, I developed a roll of Kentmore last night, uh, Kentmore 100, and that was from the Petri 228, 2.8. So I'm going to be scanning that hopefully tonight. And I also have some E6 I want to cross-process. It's, it's from old. It's from like I found it in the basement. I still have about six or seven or probably even eight rolls of that that I want to develop and see what's on that. And I'm going to just see for the one process it and just, you know, because I, I don't, I don't know what's on it. So I, I don't care. You know, I want to experiment with some, some uh, cross processing with that and then start getting more into shooting, you know, even like printing, like uh, enlarge, you know, enlarging. I haven't enlarged. I haven't touched. Um, I have some stuff I want to do with digital negatives, create some digital negatives for contact printing. That was, that was my, one of my points for getting that, um, uh, they, they Canon Pixma Pro is uh, doing some alternative processing, messing around with some different developing chemicals like uh, caffeinol and all, all these different types of, you know, mixing your own chemicals and safer chemicals to develop in, like doing salt prints and, you know, just, just I want to I want to get my hands dirty now. So. I think I'm, I'm going to back, if I can, <laughs> I'm going to back off on buying any more gear and uh, start shooting. If anything, start getting rid of some excess gear. I do have, uh, on eBay, I have I have two film tanks. I have a Fedco uh, plastic tank because I had, I had two plastic tanks. I had a Fedco and I have a uh, Patterson. Uh, you know, I don't need I don't need two tanks, and then I I have a stainless steel tank on there with two 35 millimeter reels. You know, because I had a total of three stainless steel reels. One that holds four. Um, that can hold four 120. Is that right? No, it can hold four 
35 millimeter uh, reels, and then I have one that could, uh, no, I then I had two that could hold two reels each, and I'm selling one of the smaller one, one of the ones that can hold two reels. So I have two listings on eBay, um, selling, getting rid of those tanks. And then I made, uh, I discovered one of my Yashica, I have two Yashica Electro 35. One of them, the shutter, the shutter doesn't, it's it's like in bulb mode, continuous bulb mode. Or something, it's something weird going on. I've been I've been messing with it, and it's the one that's in perfect aesthetic condition. I mean, the thing is beautiful. It's like not a scratch, not a dent, not a bump on it. And that's also the one with the uh, the bright viewfinder, the bright rangefinder. Um. So, but I discovered yesterday. Uh, when I was when I was going to put it on on eBay, I was like, wait a minute, this shutters, uh, you know, uh, this the shutter wasn't wasn't closing. You know, you you no matter what speed you put it on, I mean, or what aperture you put it on, um, well, yeah, what at what speed you put it on, because the aperture blades are opening at the right aperture, but no matter what speed you put it on, it. Um, it, it just stays open in bold. So, it well actually, it, it, it only has, it has auto um, bulb and uh, something like a flash setting. But when you put it in auto, even if it says, the, the little meter says it's in the right, you know, right, right aperture, it, uh, it, 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 it still, it just stays open because it's it's a aperture priority. So so even, you know, even if I go to 17 if it says that is I'm overexposed and I, you know, take bump it down to where the light doesn't come on at all and I click the shutter, it just it just stays open. So, I don't know, it's it's kind of weird. So, I had to I had to mess with that. Maybe it's maybe the shutter's busted and maybe I have to sell it just for like parts repair. And just let them know that maybe I, I heard something on the podcast about some something called like a, a, a like some some sort of weird thing that goes on with those cameras. Um, like there's something they can become they can get loose, and it, and it, because it's an electric shutter, it doesn't read right. But I don't know. So um, yeah, so that that's what I've been doing now, just getting rid of excess. Ex, you know, like stuff I have too many of, so I need so I can buy a bulk film loader and a some some um, DX coated 400 speed reloadable cassettes and uh, a roll of 400 like Kenmore or you know some some cheap film. It's definitely not whatever anything under like 50 bucks. Um, you know, for a roll of like 100 speed. So, anyway, that's it. That's it for this episode. Uh, if you got any questions, comments, anything like that, um, tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. Like I always say, I don't know a lot, but what I do, I do know I talk straight about. This is Straight Talk Uncut. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.